Well, good morning and welcome to Highland Baptist Church. If you're a visitor today, we're so glad you could be with us. And uh, if things look a little different today, uh, it's going to be a little bit different service. Uh, Pastor Jim is, is uh, up in Calgary, Canada on a mission trip. So I'm kind of filling in a little bit of his duties. Uh, Mike will be doing part of it. And then uh, Nathan Doral is here to do our preaching this morning. So. Uh, just kind of bear with us. We're kind of filling in. It'll be a little different look, but uh, we're just so glad that all of you could be here. So, Mike, you want to come and lead us our first song? Yes. Yeah, we're tag teaming today, and we're pleased to see you. Take your hymnals, and first I want to point out a mistake of mine already. It's 537 in your hymnal instead of 535. 537 is the same title. It's just a different music and I, I can't read that one, so we're not doing that one. So why don't you stand with us this morning and sing 537. Join the choir. I will sing the wonder story. Ladies. and store it in the computer, Andrew. Make sure you're at 537 instead of 535. There you go. That's my fault. That's my fault. Hey, give an engineer a number. He'll mess it up one way or another. Second verse. I was lost, but Jesus found me. we normally have our missionary moment and uh, I think we've got a video on it today but uh, as usual but just a little bit about it uh, that is where our mission team is at uh, 
uh, in Calgary, Alberta, uh, with Ryan and Kristen. And so the team of, I think there are like nine members from uh, this, this area, they'll uh, be up there all week. And uh, we just, I know they've covered our prayers. Um, we just pray that there will be some uh, lost souls that uh, will be uh, come to know Jesus. And we just, we just pray for each and every one of them up there this week. And uh, is our video ready to? No, no video? No video for that. They're going towards the end. Towards the end. Okay. All right. Bear with us. We'll get through this. You know. So, uh, and as, uh, as far as your offerings, if you have any offerings, you can, there's plates uh, in front of us. And as Jim always mentions, you can go online and give your offering. Uh, and I know we have a, our prayer list. Uh, I don't have all the details of our online uh, uh the, the cafes, I believe it is, and uh, the internet access, but uh, you can just go on and get all the information from there. And uh, yes, Mike, we're we'll going with it. Thank you. I'm thankful Steve was up here because I would. I can't do the video that, the, or not the video, but the uh, advertisement the preacher does about all of the different ways to look at this on YouTube and all the other kind of, I mean, I can write cursive and read a wristwatch with hands on it, and <laughs> that's about it. Join us, join us now as we sing 525. He keeps me singing. Join the choir. 425, what did I say? What did I tell you earlier? 425. He keeps me singing. Got that one? That was 425. There's Sometimes you need to 
sounded nice. Before we sing this next uh, hymn, which will be 335, uh, we want to remind you of the Children's Church will be gathering on the piano side during this song. Also, is there a video right behind this? It is. Okay. So as soon, as soon as we get through singing, you guys can go on down. And there's a video. And Brother Nathan, mm -hmm. it's all yours, brother. <laughs> I hope you're better with numbers than I am. Let's stand because we're singing Standing on the Promises. <laughs> 335. Join the choir and let's praise the Lord with Standing on the Promises. Let's
Uh, we're very blessed this morning to have Nathan Durrell. He's director of the uh, BCM out at uh, Motlow College. And uh, with our pastor Jim being gone today, we're just so glad that Nathan could be with us. 
Nathan, would you come up and share a little bit with us about yourself? And uh, we're looking forward to your message. All right. It's good to see you this morning. Good to see you in together, the body of Christ in the house of the Lord. So praise God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we just thank you for right now. We thank you for who you are and how you've worked in our lives and together in this church and through your church in this world, Lord. Lord, we lift up Pastor Jim and the team in Calgary. Pray for all those on the team and the mission work that's being accomplished for your kingdom. I pray, Lord, that it would be good, productive work for your kingdom, that they would see fruit even this week while they're there. And Lord, I praise you for what you're going to do. I praise you for what you're going to do this, this hour right here, because you are with us and you are going to speak to our hearts, despite me, despite ourselves, Lord, because you love us and you want to speak through your word to us. So I pray that you do that right now. I pray that you speak to us, that you would help us to grow in the very image of Christ today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I will say that you do get all of the money that it cost you to come in the door today back because I'm not, I'm not the first choice today. I, what happened was Brother Jim uh, called me at the last minute and said, I had everything lined up, but it fell through. Can you? And so here I am. You get the, the leftovers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully it will be a blessing to you too because it has been a blessing for me to prepare and uh, get this message ready for you guys today. And today... Uh, titled my sermon for you guys, Fulfilling the Great Commission, What Does It Look Like in Our Lives Right Now? What does it look like in our lives right now, fulfilling the Great Commission? So if you would, turn in your Bible to Matthew 28, and uh, we will look at verses 18 through 20. And if you're able this morning... When you reach that spot, would you stand up in honor of God's word as I read his word for us this morning? Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. May the word of the Lord be blessed in your hearts today. You may be seated. Now, as, uh, as I was preparing, God pointed out six different things as I was getting ready to share with you guys today. And so, uh, I don't always think in the same order as everybody else, so I just kind of, as God put these things on my heart, I wrote these things down. And so the very first thing I wrote is kind of at the end of the verse, and I think it's one of the most important parts of the Great Commission, and it, that is that what it looks like for us today is that we go with Him. He comes with us. He's promised to be with us forever and ever. I think this is the greatest promise as we fulfill the Great Commission that we are not doing this by ourselves. This is not something that we're just trying to do. This is something that He is taking us along with Him to do. So it's His power and His work. And I, as I was preparing, I ran across this quote from Corey Ten Boone I uh, wanted to read to you this morning. It says, 
She said, Trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. So isn't it wonderful that today you don't have to fulfill the Great Commission alone? You don't have the burden of reaching every people group and every person on earth with the gospel. He comes with us. He leads us. He guides us. He's the one that's fulfilling his commission through us. Uh, like it says in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. So remember, church, that he goes with us. That's what it looks like. It's us having this great relationship with Jesus. I mean, that's what it's about. It's us walking along with Jesus, him walking with us as we go about our day, as we go about our relationships, as we go about our work and the things that he's placed in our lives. It is him living in us and working through us. Now, the second thing that I noticed as I was looking through this, as uh, I was letting the Holy Spirit lead me, it says, go there, therefore and make disciples. Well, you can't make disciples if you're not a disciple, right? So it's really us learning from Jesus. I mean, that's what a disciple is. It's a learner, someone who's learning from somebody. And these disciples of Jesus are learning from Jesus. And so it's us going along with him. That was the first thing. But it's us learning from him and helping others learn from him. I mean, that's what it would mean for us to make more disciples. We're helping other people come to the place where they, too, are learning from Jesus. And I marked a few verses in my Bible to read to you today just to think about his teaching in our life. The first one is John 14, 26. And it says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've told you. So he's comforting the disciples with these words and he's letting them know, Hey, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit and guess what? My Spirit will teach you everything. And I will be reminding you of what you've already heard me say. I'll be reminding you of, of, of the words that I've put in your hearts. I'm going to be the one who reminds you. So here we are. We're, we're being the, the learners. And we're walking with him. And in uh, Matthew 23, I marked a couple verses here. Matthew 23, 8 through 10. It also has a really neat lesson about how he teaches us. So Matthew 23... 8 through 10. And Jesus is teaching the disciples because everybody around in that day wanted to be called a teacher or wanted to be called the, the leader. They wanted to be that person. And so he's teaching his disciples saying, but you're not to be called rabbi, which means teacher, because you have one teacher and you are all brothers and sisters. Do not call anyone on earth your father because you have one father who's in heaven. You are not to be called instructors either because you have one instructor, one teacher, the Messiah, the Christ. So here he's reminding us that he is our teacher and that we are to be learning from him. That's what this message is all about in the Great Commission too, that we are helping other people become students of Jesus Christ. We want to be that student and we want to help others to be that student. And so 
as a little uh, example, I was thinking through my life of what kind of example I could give you of something that God has taught me that he's said, I want you to make sure you share this because when he teaches us a lesson, that's how we help others become learners. Uh, we say, well, this is what God taught me. And so I was going to share just a little lesson for marriage that God taught me. And this took me a really long time to learn. <laughs> I've been married for 20, almost 22 years. We'll be next, we're, we're going to be celebrating in about a week and two weeks. Um, about two weeks, our 22nd anniversary. So it took me a long time to learn. I'd say the first 10 years of my marriage, as I was learning about marriage from the scripture, and I was learning about things from the scripture. I was continually learning this lesson, but I can tell you this lesson in about one minute. So you can learn what I learned in 10 years in about one minute. That's how long it takes me to learn some things. <laughs> so uh, God maybe, maybe has taught you a few things like that, that you can say, yeah, I was a slow learner on this too. But one of the things that God taught me, and this is the basic statement of the whole lesson of this 10 years, is that uh, in all of creation, that my wife is the most beautiful part of his creation that I will see until I get to heaven. And he taught me this as I learned how Christ loves the church. Because when you look and see how he loves the church, you see that he sees her as absolutely perfect already. Now you know, you can look around right now, you can look around at everybody here and you know we're not perfect. And you can probably think of some things that maybe some people in the church has done that you're like, ah, I don't like that. but. He sees the church already as completely sanctified, already as absolutely perfect. So as I was learning this, I was realizing when he says, you must love your wife as Christ loves the church, that I have to see her as completely forgiven no matter what she's said or maybe she's hurt my feelings and I need to recognize she is already forgiven. She's already that beautiful to me that I can't see those imperfections that I have to see her as absolutely perfect. It will help you out, guys, if you will remember this lesson. <laughs> because it, it, if you realize that your wife is the most beautiful part of God's creation, you will see until you get to heaven. You won't be looking in other places for beauty. You, you, you realize she's the most beautiful part of his creation that you'll ever see. You won't even think the sunset even compares. You know, you will realize that she is more beautiful to you than anything you'll see till you get to heaven. Now, when you get to heaven, you'll get to see Jesus. And so that's just one of those lessons, and it does tie in a little later to this other lesson. You might think it doesn't tie it all into the Great Commission, but it ties in a little bit to the Great Commission. But I wanted to share that with you because as we are making disciples, we're supposed to share those lessons that he's taught us so that others can learn from them and be more like Jesus. And that is my um, third point here. Not only are we um, walking with him in this great relationship uh, and learning from him, but that means we're becoming more like him. That's the third point of what's happening as we fulfill the Great Commission. How does this look like? It looks like us becoming more like him. And uh, I wrote down Luke... There it is. Luke 6.40. A disciple, remember that's what we're talking about in the Great Commission right here. We're talking about disciples making disciples that are following Jesus. So it says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. 
So in other words, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. That's what the Great Commission looks like. It looks like us becoming more and more like Jesus so that as we're walking with Him, as we're learning from Him, we're becoming more like Him so others will be more attracted to the gospel when we get to that next part of this Great Commission. Others will be more attracted to the gospel because they will see us and think, what, what is different? I heard a testimony in, in my Sunday school class this morning. We did decide, since the timing was just right, we decided we'd go to our Sunday school class. And there was a testimony in my Sunday school class this morning of a gentleman who had a, a, a man at his work who had been living a very wild life, living totally against God. And, and uh, he was always angry at work. They had the night shift together. And so um, my friend, uh, one night when he comes in angry and he's still his same happy self, he's still like, well, praise the Lord. I'm having a good day after this guy kind of gives his rant and everything. And he's like, how come you can always do that? How come you can always feel like everything's okay when everything's not okay. And he's like, well, yeah, everything's not okay. But see, uh, and he shared how his wife got him into church and how him getting into church had gotten him into Jesus and then how him meeting Jesus had gotten him the Holy Spirit in his, in his life and body and that he had the Spirit living in him and he could just live that way. Well, it wasn't immediate, but the testimony today from our friend was that he has come to Christ and his life has been completely changed. And it was because he saw what had happened in my friend's life. He had become more like Jesus. And he saw it and didn't know what it was. People will see that and then we get to have those uh, conversations. I wanted to read a, another verse before I get to the next point, but um, 2 Corinthians 3.18 is a great verse for thinking about how we're becoming more like Jesus. It says, We all, with unveiled faces, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image. From glory to glory. This is for, from the Lord who is the Spirit. So, He's transforming us as we're fulfilling this great commission that he's called us to do. He's transforming us. He's changing us. And we are becoming more like Christ. And so his image will be something people see in our lives. Now, my fourth point is maybe the part that our church gets a little more uncomfortable about. But it looks like him going with us, teaching us, becoming more like him and letting him lead us in the power of the gospel. Uh, that would mean we have to share the gospel if we're going to be led in the power of the gospel. And so I think a lot of people have a hard time with, I'm, I don't, I'm not really gifted to share the gospel. Well, I believe if the gospel transforms you, you have definitely got a witness to be able to share how the gospel has transformed you. And the reason I say it's centered around the gospel as we get to this part of the Great Commission is if we're going to be baptizing, um, people are going to have to hear the gospel. <laughs> if we're going to be baptizing, I mean, people don't say, well, I'm in church, I guess I ought to just get baptized. Well, some people do, but that's not 
a real baptism. <laughs> I mean, if somebody just gets dunked in the water, I, I remember uh, a long time ago when I was in the youth group at our church that our pastor shared a story about him meeting somebody in town. He was out and uh, they were, I think it was he and his wife at a restaurant and somebody just came up to him and said, hey preacher, remember me? How, you baptized me? And the uh, pastor said, the thing was he was drunk. <laughs> and he had to say in his heart, oh, you do look like something I baptized and not what God did a renewing work in. And so if we're really baptizing, if we're really seeing people baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're going to have to be sharing the gospel. Have to be sharing it. And so um, that means we need to understand it. We need to know it. We need to love it. We need to live it out. Uh, I suggest preaching it to yourself every day. Preach the gospel to yourself. Remind yourself of the great goodness of the gospel every day. And, and when you preach it to yourself, you will feel a lot more comfortable when God brings you into that conversation and he says, it's time for you to share the gospel with this person. And so, but I have a, a couple verses I wanted to share. Romans 1.16, but I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. And... In Luke uh, 24, it's kind of the Great Commission of Luke right here, but in, in the Great Commission of Luke, he actually tells the message that they're supposed to share. And so as you look at Luke 24, 46 through 49, you'll see that, that Jesus shares, this is what you're going to be preaching. So let me find it, 46, here we go. He also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed. It would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. You're witnesses to these things. So he says to them, that's what they're supposed to be witnessing about. That's what they're supposed to be witnessing about. Now they have seen these things firsthand, but we are witnesses of what this message and what this power has done in our hearts and our lives, what this message has done across the world. And so we are to be sharing this message. And if you look closely at what he says, you'll see the whole gospel message that the Messiah had to suffer. In other words, he had to be crucified on the cross. He had to be buried and rise from the dead the third day. And he says, repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all, name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. So, there we go. We're to be witnesses of the gospel of Christ and have those gospel conversations. Now, I, I was thinking about some things and I was thinking, you know, we don't need to fill our lives with ministry. That's different from what Jesus is talking about. We, we need to make sure that we let Christ fill our lives and let his ministry flow out of us, right? Yes. That's right. That's right. So, he is always wanting his ministry to be done. But if we just fill our lives with ministry, then we would be doing it on our own power. Um, I wanted to just mention a few things. The, uh, 
y'all could start a cookie ministry. I would love that, you know, cookie ministry, just bring cookies to the college. That, that would be great. I would enjoy that ministry too because, you know, I, I could let the college kids eat the cookies, but then I could enjoy some with them and stuff. And you, you could start a cookie ministry. But unless we're sharing the gospel, it's not that sweet. <laughs> See, that's the sweetness of the ministry. Now, uh, our lunch ministry at the BCM, a lot of you guys know a little bit about that. And so what we have is every Monday at the BCM, we serve lunch to the college students. And each church in the association has a day during the year, a Monday of the year, and they bring lunch. Now, it's a great ministry. It has slowed down a whole lot during COVID. We've been struggling to get college kids to come because they're not going to eat lunch online. So when they're online classes or whatever, they're not going to be coming to eat lunch physically if they're only on campus online. But we're working it out. We're finding new ways to reach people. But if we only bring lunch, that's... It feeds them something, but it doesn't feed the food they really need. We've got to be about gospel conversations. We've got to make sure that every ministry we do is based on the gospel and the power of the gospel. The fifth thing that I wrote down is that this is in His name. His name. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in His name. Which means a lot. When a king uh, came in those days, the people had to choose which side they were going to be on. If a king came like the Romans were in charge, you know, in, in Jerusalem in these days when Jesus is doing ministry. And the disciples were expecting a conquering Messiah. They, they were expecting Jesus to come and eventually tell them to get their swords out and conquer. And that's not what he wanted to represent his name. He chose peace to represent his name because what he is bringing to the world is he's reconciling people to the world so they can again have peace with God. So this is done in his name. So it needs to be done the right way. I mean, we can't represent his name if we're hammering people with the Bible. And, and there are ministries that hammer people with the Bible or, or hammer people with hell and try to let them know that they're going to hell <laughs> and things like that. Uh, but we need to come in peace. And in John 20, uh, I, I think that the passage in John 20, 21 through 23, kind of represents the Great Commission in John. And he starts his pronouncement to the disciples with peace. It's uh, John 20, 21 through 23. Let's see. John 20. There it is. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. See, he's saying, This peace that you're going to take to the world, this is talking about, this is peace between man and God. This is what the gospel does. When we bring these gospel conversations and this happens in Jesus' name, it will bring peace into people's lives. It will make peace with God, between man and God. And there's a lot more points that we could draw out of this, but I'm getting close to my last point now. because I think that I'll go ahead and, and say the last point, actually. So, the last point that I said, so it looks like, I'm going to kind of combine everything together real fast as I get to the last point. It looks like us going with 
Him, learning from Him, becoming more like Him into His image, speaking of Him in the gospel, sharing the gospel with people, and um, doing this in His name so that His Spirit, His name is prevalent in everything, seeing that it's coming to completion. Together as a church, seeing that this is happening right now, we are doing this together right now, and it is coming to completion because he says even to the end of the age. There will be an end to this great commission, and we're going to see it in. And what it means is that all people would have heard at that time. And I really like the words Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14 to remind us that the Great Commission will be completed. At least I wrote down Matthew 24, 14. I hope that's right. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Jesus has promised it. I mean, we have to believe that even though it seems like we might not be making enough progress, we have to believe that we're part of this. He's made us part of his bride and part of his kingdom. And we're moving forward. If we're going with him, if we're doing these things that he's called us to do, we're seeing this coming to, toward completion. And when it is completed, then the end will come. And we know Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back and we will see him. Now, I know I said that's my last point, but I have one non-point. This is my non-point. One non-point. So, is this Great Commission so much different than the commission that God gave to Adam and Eve? Is it that much different from what he gave Noah when Noah got off the ark? It says, when God made them, he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. You know, at this point, especially for Adam and Eve, there was no sin in the world. If they multiplied at that point, they're multiplying the image of God all over the earth. I mean, that's what the Great Commission does. As we become more like Christ and we're teaching others to be the disciples and they're becoming more like Christ, more into His image, we're spreading the image of God around the world. And that's what God asked Adam and Eve to do in the very beginning, to spread His image all over the world. And when Noah comes out of the ark, you'll notice he says the same thing, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. He says the same thing. Noah was the only one that found favor in the eyes of God. If he had multiplied what he was doing, he would have, it would have been filled with people who were pleasing to God, filling the earth with his image. And what did they do instead? We find the Tower of Babel, and everybody's not trying to fill the earth and spread across the earth and fill it with God's image. We're going we're gonna to all form in one spot. We're going to build this great tower, make a name for ourselves instead of letting the image of God be seen around the world. So today, church, I want to challenge you to see see the great commission happening in your life to see it to know that you're a part of this completion of the great commission and we are part of this completion we are it's happening brother jim isn't the only one up in calgary that's part of this great commission you're part of this great commission as part of the body of christ now as 
as you uh, think about these things and you think about this challenge, to see it, to recognize it every day, to recognize you being formed more into the image of Christ and spreading his image around the world. Do you have that image upon you? Just make sure. Just make sure. That's, that's why we're here and that's why we're going out. It's not about our power and what we can do as a church. It's about his power and what he can do through broken people, through people that say yes to him. And today maybe, maybe you realize, I, I don't, I'm not like Christ. I, I haven't ever begun to be like Christ. That's what the very beginning of Christianity is. That's the very beginning is when you hear the gospel that we're proclaiming in the Great Commission, that Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life for you. He gave his life as a sacrifice for you. The loving Lamb of God, the sacrifice for the world so that you could have your sins washed away. And he didn't just die, he rose again. God said, yes, I accept the payment for the sacrifice for the sins of the world. Rise so you can have life. If you want to believe in that today, put your faith and trust in him. The Bible says repentance of sins must be preached and people can be forgiven. So repent of your sins and turn to Jesus Christ even today. We're going to have a song of invitation. And as we sing, if anybody needs to come to the altar just to talk to the Lord, or if anybody needs to talk and pray and get their life right with the Lord, I'll be here at the front. We'll have space at the altar for you. We're going to have a time of invitation. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much. I thank you for your word to us being so clear. Oh, there's lots of things we don't understand, Lord, but you have been very clear that you don't want us to lift ourselves up, but you want Jesus lifted up. And you'll draw all men to you as we lift Jesus up. And Lord, I pray since he was lifted up on the cross that you would even draw people today, help them to know that he is the only way, the only truth in life. And I pray if there's any here today that need to come to you for the very first time that they would and that you would do your work right now in Jesus' name, amen.
Nathan, thank you very much. Uh, yes, each of us are sinners, and uh, each of us can only pray that we would be more Christ-like, that uh, the things we do, the actions we do in each and every day, that others would see Christ through us. I do have a few announcements before we uh, conclude. I'll get all my notes in order here. i got them everywhere. Uh, the first one is uh, coming up in... Uh, Later in August, the last two weeks in August, will be our deacon election. So nothing yet, but just uh, be in prayer about that. Uh, we'll be voting on four or five gentlemen, but just keep that in your prayers. Uh, next, uh, our, of course, our, our team up in Calgary, we just want to pray for each and every one of them. That it'll be uh, a successful mission trip, and, uh, and we, we pray that uh, all the schedules will be met, and Pastor Jim and the group will get back next late next Saturday night, so just, just be in prayers for them. Uh, Center Kids Retreat is coming up, well, tomorrow morning they leave. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Rick Miller, who is one of our, our male chaperone, his mother is in very serious condition. Uh, she had a stroke. Rick is not going to be able to go on the trip, understandable. But uh, so they're in desperate need of a male chaperone, and if they do not find one by tomorrow morning, or uh, unfortunately the four boys will not be able to go. It'll just be the girls. If you possibly can go and help them and be with them, see Amanda Monroe. Uh, um, just reach out to her, or reach out to me, and I'll, I'll get in touch with Amanda. Uh, so it's a. Uh, very wonderful camp, and I know these boys will have a great time, so hopefully can, somebody can stand forward and, and reach out for that. Uh, also been asked uh, in our bulletin, there's a, a joint stewardship meeting scheduled that was scheduled for the 24th uh, between personnel and stewardship. That has been rescheduled to the 31st, one week later. And also on the 31st, we'll be having our uh, fifth Sunday singing dinner. Uh, as far as uh, prayer request, I know we want to continue to be in, in uh, uh, prayer for Paco Prince, or Stephen Prince. I talked with Leah this morning, and, and, and Paco's doing much better. Still has a long way to go with all the burns on his lower legs, so want to continue to be in prayer for them. And then, as I'd mentioned with Rick Miller's mother, I believe it's Linda Kind, I believe is, is her name, uh, a pretty severe stroke in Vanderbilt. So be in prayer for her and then be in prayer for Rick and all the family as, uh, uh, as they deal with this. Is there any other announcements that I've missed? Anyone can think of? Well, then if you join me, let's bow our heads and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we just raise you up this day and give the praise and glory to you. Father, you are perfect and we're sinners. And Lord, it is our prayer that we could be more like you each and every day. Father, we just ask you to continue to bless our church. You've given us so much. We just ask, Father, that you would be with the kids as they go on Center Kids and that we'll have a chaperone to go with them. We want to pray for our mission team up in Calgary. Uh, continue to provide them with uh, the needs that they uh, need and, uh, and, and all the children that they'll be dealing with. 
Lord, we just ask you to continue to be with all of our programs we have here at Highland. You've blessed us so much, our church. We have so much, such great leadership, and we're just so thankful for each and all of them, for Jim and Matt and Mike, uh, Pat and Rima, all, all the work that is done here. Lord, we just thank you for what they do. Lord, we just are grateful for the message we've heard this morning, thankful for Nathan and, and bringing of that. Lord, we just ask as we go now that you would see Christ in our actions. We just ask, Lord, you continue to bless us and be with us and guide us and direct us. Forgive us when we fail thee, Lord. These things we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.